Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me Jay. Ahoy, I'm Combat Hunter, also known as Just Hunter. And I am Comic Savior, also known as Caleb. That's right. We got a we got a third co-host today. Uh, Caleb graciously joined us because a big comic, a few big comics came out, but uh, the big one this week being Strange Adventures. I know who would have thought I'd be saying that an Adam Strange comic is the big one of the week, but uh, <laughs> and Flash is <laughs> also out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you you post that on your Instagram story, right, Hunter? Like, yeah, I, I, did. I can't believe I'm more excited for Adam Strange than I am for the Flash. <laughs> Flash anniversary issue. But yeah, so but in, we have... it, it, yeah. In, in case you live under a rock, uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerard, the creative team behind Mister Miracle, is doing a new maxi series, and it is Strange Adventures. It's about Adam Strange, and uh, we haven't gotten that much info based on the solicitations. We knew it was just kind of like about Adam Strange, and based on the covers, it was going to be some kind of like moral struggle, and uh, like you know most Tom King stories. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the first issue certainly delivered for me, at least. I'm sure it did for you guys yeah. as well. So oh, uh, <laughs> so we'll be breaking that down later in the episode, and a lot of other great comics like Daredevil and Flash 750. If you guys want to skip ahead, I'll put the timestamps in the description. But for now, we're going to start with the news of the week, because that's what we start with here. And the yeah. big news of the week is that the Batmobile, Robert Pattinson's Batmobile, has been revealed. Um, so when I first saw the pictures, I thought they were just leaks, and I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, I hate when pictures get leaked. And then all of a sudden, Matt Reeves posted it. I was like, oh, they're not leaks. <laughs> yeah, they kind of look like set pictures, because it's very dark and kind of shot from afar. So I yeah. understand why you thought that. <laughs> I loved yeah. I, I loved how, like, dynamic a lot of the pictures looked. I loved, like, even the colors and stuff. It I'm very excited for how everything that Matt Reeves has been shooting so far and releasing looks very, very stylized in a sense and I'm, I'm so excited it's very noir yeah but a lot of people seem to not like this batmobile though because i understand why it's not like what we're used to being a tank it's just a <laughs> it's a car it's a style well, car well outside of like uh maybe like comic poppy on instagram i feel like i've seen actually a lot of positive reactions especially twitter twitter is like the number one matt reeves bat bat uh batman defender and it's crazy um, <laughs> that's fair how many people are like you know in love with the reeves batman but i think for um, more of a casual audience like if you go to dc comics instagram page they posted it and a lot of comments are like this isn't a batmobile that's just a car so it's <laughs> it is getting hate but i mean i i've always been in the thinking of like i like the batmobile to be a little bit unrealistic not that it's like a full tank but i like it to be a little bit you know comic booky in the sense that like yeah he is a billionaire and he does have you know all these high-tech gadgets and inventions he should have a cool car uh that being said i think this car is sufficient because how many scenes do we actually get in the batmobile like four <laughs> if that you know like it's, it's not getting much screen time so i'm not overly worried about the cut i got i'll take good writing over a uh, perfect batmobile yeah. Maybe does me. <laughs> yeah, your... and I. Oh yeah, sorry. Go on. Oh yeah, it it um, I'm like especially because it's supposed to. I think some I saw somewhere. Um, it said that like it's in his first year. There's only a or second year. There's only like a couple crime families, and the only other person he's like encountered is Penguin. And so Riddler will be like the main villain. And I mean, even just looking at like his bat suit, the car matches perfectly with someone who's just starting out. It so does, it looks yeah. very like slapped together. I kind of wish it was a convertible. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> the ears just riding on the top of the like car roof might be a little odd. But <laughs> besides that, it's nice. It's it's stylistic. It's classic. It's nostalgic in a way because it's similar to Adam West style, just more modernized. So I like this since it's not a tank with machine guns that destroys Gotham property. 
I feel like it, we're actually going to regular car Wait, chases. wait, you're telling me you don't like the Batmobile crashing through the wall of a warehouse and blowing up everyone in sight and killing everyone? No, what? Uh, you know, <laughs> Batman being a murderer, some people love that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> so, I feel like, oh god, if this Batman kills, I'll be pretty sad about that. <laughs> it oh, looks I like he's, too. It looks like he's going to be just a regular Batman with his one rule that every director seems to break but i have hope for you matt reeves it looks good you know what this car reminds me of did you guys ever watch as a kid the uh the batman cartoon from like 2008 like brave and the bold no no, not brave and the bold it's called the batman it's like it had like a very weird animation style but it was actually pretty good it had had robin in it yes it had robin in it the flash appeared once It, it had like a lot of cool stuff on it it was actually a pretty underrated show it's like four seasons uh their batmobile is very much like a sports car type thing and that's what it reminded me of like it it's his Batmobile in that in that uh, show is kind of like a Corvette almost. So, okay. um, yeah, it's it's interesting to uh, see. It, it reminds me of like a live action version of that, and uh, I don't I don't hate it. I, I think it's okay. You know, I'm not like you know going like oh my god, this is the best Batmobile in existence. It's, it's all right. I but again, the Batmobile is gonna have four scenes max in the movie, so I'm I'm not worried. And I'm sure he'll get another one for future movies too. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know if there are really. I think I think the one that I like the most is probably Adam West because it looks the most like campy. But like all the other, like I don't know. I I kind of agree. I don't like Batman just being in a big tank. That's like my biggest upset at the Nolan trilogy is that yeah. he's just in this like the massive fucking vehicle riding on <laughs> rooftops and stuff. And it's like oh my god. Yeah, I, it gives yeah. Me, it gives me flashbacks to uh, Arkham Knight with all those stupid tank missions where I'm fighting those were the Death Star for half an hour trying to take out his little uh, little target tanks, and I'm like, oh my god, I, I can't do this anymore. But uh, yeah, so so it's you know it, it's all right. We'll we'll see. I'm just excited to see more of this movie, and I'm glad as we're you know Matt Reeves being very transparent with like show you this, show you that. You know, like he's mm-hmm. getting ahead of the leaks in the sense that it's like I got nothing to hide. You know, the leaks aren't mm-hmm. gonna. Like I'd rather give you an official picture than some random leak picture that you're gonna overreact to. So I, I yeah. like that. I like that. Mentality. Shazam got way too many leaks before we got even an official look. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine the reaction that the bat suit would have gotten if it was leaked first before an official image. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been. I mean, you know, it's the internet in 2020, so <laughs> that, that that's how it is. But uh, JD, what's your anyway. favorite uh, Batmobile since Caleb said his? Um. I mean, stylistic-wise, I like the BVS one. It's the mix of the tank and the car, and I just like how wide it is. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, more realistic-wise, I'd probably say the Keaton one. I don't know. The Keaton one's kind of cool. Yeah, Keaton one's my favorite. Uh, but The, key, the, key, the like, Keaton one's cool. I do like Affleck's one a lot. I like... I don't know. I, I like imagining it in a world with other superheroes. So like, Aquaman riding on it was really cool, even though it's a movie that we mm-hmm. don't talk about. But I think I'm it worked. <laughs> yeah. Moving on! <laughs> Yeah, speaking speaking of DCU films that we probably won't talk about, The Flash. Uh, so The Flash <laughs> is supposedly starting filming in September. Now, I'm old enough to remember when The Flash had its first director, and I heard it was going to be filming in sometime in 2016, and I was everything was great. Then yeah. BBS came out, and Rotten Tomatoes had a heart attack, and, well, the rest is history. So then Flash got a second director, and I heard it was going to be filming in just a few months after Ezra was done with this little film called Fantastic Beasts. 
I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then another director dropped out, and then they got a third director, a set, a pair of directors. I'm like, okay, cool. It might film at some point, and uh, it said it was going to film after Fantastic Beasts 2, and Fantastic Beasts 2 came and went. And now we got another director, and it's going to supposedly be filming after he's done with Fantastic Beasts 3. At this point, I take the Flash's filming with a grain of salt because it just, you know, I I need to see it to believe it. But, you know, that's cool that they're finally moving along. I'm actually surprised that this director's staying with it. Uh, It's it's Andy Muschietti who did the It movies. Mm -hmm. He seems motivated. Yeah. Yeah. He's talked about it publicly. And I feel like if we get casting news soon, then I would believe it more. But until then, Flash filming in September, like I saw that post and I just scrolled by. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I wasn't. My, my, no reaction. My biggest fear is it's it'll finally come out 2021, like seven years after it was announced. And then it's just going to fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the big fear. Like, like, I don't know if you guys have read the Flash scripts or heard about the Flash scripts from the early 2000s. It seems like nobody understands the character. Like, it, it's just like they think he's just a guy who runs fast, and that's and he's funny. Very, yeah, and he, yeah, he's funny. <laughs> it's like it's like a big misread of the character. But um, you know, I'm I'm just hoping for the best with this one. I think Andy Muschietti's a talented director, and you know, I'd like to trust him. Um, I don't know how much I trust Ezra Miller. Like, you know, I think he has passion for the role, and that's cool. Uh, him appearing in Crisis was awesome his lines in crisis were terrible (laughs) the personality was still terrible he's still bart allen impulse when he should be barry allen flash so yeah i'm hoping he's gonna get more into a flash sense like i I don't need you know uh just killed my mom let's cut to a joke you know like yeah try to keep it a little bit serious especially flashpoint i i have hope because i felt like the it movies especially it chapter two um, had a lot of like emotion and played the emotional moments in those movies really, really well, especially yeah. for characters that like I don't think many people cared about. Um, and I'm, I'm really hoping that it's just a more mature. Like I don't, it doesn't have to be super gritty or anything like that. But no. just like I don't, after all this time, I don't want to see this like goofy Flash, especially if you are going to be adapting like Flash, something like Flashpoint, which is such an emotional story. It'd just yeah. be so, 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 such a letdown just for it to be like, okay, here is like Spider Man Homecoming before the Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think and quips are fine, but important. make it quips like, say, Hawkeye in the MCU, those kind of quips where it's not often, mm-hmm. like it's really never, but he will say them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't make yeah, him like I... Tony Stark or Spider Man quip every single scene kind of thing. Or Scott Snyder's Flash. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, dude, do you think I could grow hair like that? No, Barry, stop, please. <laughs> Time travel is um, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering when the casting announcements are going to come down, and I'm wondering when we're going to get confirmation that like people are still in the role. So like, uh, Kiersey is Iris West, right? That was uh, supposed to be happening from Justice League, and then her scene got cut. And it's you know obviously the director who's in right now was not the director who casted her, so this is going on a while now. Like she went through four directors essentially. Is she still in the role? Is uh, what's his name? The guy who played Doctor Manhattan. He played uh, Henry Allen. Oh yeah. Is oh he, yeah. Is he still <laughs> in the role of Henry Allen? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, he was in Justice League. He so... was in Justice League, right? So he actually has a scene, but. Obviously, if you recast Batman, does recasting a character like Henry Allen really matter to you? No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Flashpoint's just an excuse to just recast people. I, well, that, that that's what I was thinking, but I'm wondering because I know a part of what 
got Kiersey the role as Iris West is apparently she had great chemistry with Ezra Miller, and that's why they were like, all right, we're, we're definitely going to make her Iris West. So now it's been a few years. She hasn't been in anything. But I even then, the second, related to it. the second Flash director was the one who casted her, and he's been yeah, Rick, gone Rick, for yeah, a while. Yeah, Rick... Uh, Famiura or something like that. He, yeah. he did some Mandalorian episodes, um, but but yeah. So it's just like, okay, I, I wonder if you know these guys are still in the roles and if we're going to be getting casting announcements soon. Like for the longest time, I was convinced Ezra Miller was getting recast, I especially when too. like the the Lucas Till uh, rumors were going around. I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely happening. But then obviously, you know, Crisis and all that other stuff confirms he's back. So Crisis like, was okay. the one thing that confirmed for me really that he was yeah. still there. I was convinced yeah, he was done. Yeah, my my fear is like what they're gonna do is they're like my biggest concern is like I feel like you I hope the end of the movie they introduced Wally West, but and it kind of sucks, but it's like you have to introduce I feel redheaded Wally West first, just yeah. so that because like if you I like um I really like Keon I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the CW yeah Wally Ke- West. Keon and Lonsdale or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and I I really really like his Wally West. But it's like what the only unfortunate thing is now we can't have the other Wally West too, and so it just yeah. kind of a bummer. I feel like if they introduce Redhead Wally, then they could do um, Wallace too, and it would work perfectly fine. But I don't think you could do that backwards. I mean, you could, but it just wouldn't make as much sense. Yeah. It, well, my my biggest thing, and I've said this for a while now, is that if DC films wanted to beat Marvel films. They shouldn't have just tried to copy the MCU and go for their formula. They should have relied on legacy because if I could have gotten two or three movies where I'm emotionally invested in Barry Allen and he dies in crisis and I'm followed up by Wally West, the flash. And now I can do another two or three flash movies like that. That is literally printing your own money because now you have so many people interested in the flash fan base, you know, and now they're going to go see the movie of the legacy moving on and they want the legacy to keep moving on. And especially with actors aging, it's easier to show as opposed to comics where they can't really age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it would have been great if they would have relied on the legacy and to see that, you know, <clears> to see <throat> Wally grow from Kid Flash to Flash in the, uh, in the movies, movies would have been, yeah. I think, really cool. Oh, yeah, man. Been really cool. Dang. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that, whenever you talk about DC films, it, it always starts with, you know, that would have been really cool. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately a lot of disappointment there uh That's a good but point. yeah so so supposedly flash is filming i'm hoping to get some casting announcements soon i'm thinking that the first casting announcements will be announced and i'll and i'll put my uh you know J- jd's thoughts i think it's gonna be eobard is gonna be the first one to be announced okay so that's not gonna I, happen I, it's not gonna happen <laughs> I, I i think they want to make a big splash to show like hey we're still here because you know whatever hype you had from 2016 is absolutely gone <laughs> nowhere so, you know, I, I think that you got to gotta cast like, a big character for sure. It can be like, yeah. oh, guess who's playing Barry's mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, nobody cares about that. So, just yeah. in first flash ca- casting, Captain Singh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's just like, who cares? <laughs> but if you gave me like Eobard and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman back to back, like you would reset the hype train and like it would be right ready to go. So, or you, yeah, or you cast Wally as like a, a redhead. So then yeah, we all like, know that that, yeah, oh, that is, is Wally West. The Flash. That that's gonna be the future Flash then. So yeah. that would be and good you casting. Even, but... You could even use Flashpoint to uh age up, you know, if you were to cast a young Wally and you wanted to, you know, make him kid Flash sooner than later, you could always age him up through like, oh, Flashpoint made me older, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. since, since Flash, since Flashpoint's the reset button on everything, you know, let's just apply it to everything. <laughs> yeah, I feel like DC might actually do that. Start casting bigger characters first. Like, look what it did with the Batman. After Batman was casted, they casted Riddler, then they casted uh, Penguin and Catwoman. Like, they were casting big characters, before, and then later on, they did like, okay, now by the way, this guy's playing Falcone, and this guy's playing an extra. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got the big castings first. So I feel like that could happen with Flash for sure. I yeah, hope. so. Hopefully that gets announced. And mm-hmm. uh, Flash is actually a good segue to go to the comics of the week. So yeah. uh, right before we get into the comics of the week, we got to go pick of the week and cover of the week. So uh, I'll start. My pick of the week is Daredevil because I'm a sucker for Chip Zarsky's Daredevil. But my cover of the week, interestingly enough, is Strange Adventures. So uh, I don't know what cover you guys went with. I went with the red one with the uh, like the markings on it. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the Mitch Garrett's one. Danger. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought this one. I was really like tempted to get the blue one because that one looked so nice. But I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna get the red one. It, they were both great, but uh, that, mm. that's definitely my cover of the week. And Daredevil is definitely my pick of the week. What about you, Hunter? Uh, yeah, I think I'm the same. <laughs> Daredevil is my pick of the week because that was insane. And uh, Strange Adventures is my cover. I picked the same one. I went with the uh, I kill because um, my shop didn't have the blue, but I would have went with the red anyway. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> pretty much the same. Yeah, I think I feel like there's like no competition. A lot of the only other cover <laughs> that's like remotely close is the Jorge Jimenez one um, for Batman. Yeah, in my opinion. But I pick of the week's a tie for me between Strange Adventures and Justice League. I thought Justice League was really, really Ooh, good. Ooh, interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll go over it. Uh, I guess we're going over Flash first, though. Right? Yeah, yeah. It only makes sense. So, uh, what Flash is? Yeah. What Flash covers yeah, so, did you so, guys get? I got the 2000s one, the Jim Lee one. Um, I was between the 60s and the 2000s, but leaning 2000s because it's Wally West and I got a rep. Um, but ultimately, I was mainly disappointed. Actually, Caleb and I talked about this, I think, two weeks ago on the podcast. Whenever we talk about the Green Lantern covers, we were like, damn, Flash was really disappointing cover-wise. So, <laughs> so, uh, but I ended up going with the 2000s because I think Jim Lee is the gold standard, and I have the Tech 1001 of him. So, Yeah. I wish I did that. I went with the uh, Howard Porter one because my store didn't have any more Jim Lee ones. I was going to oh. get that because he's coming to my local con in April. I was going to get him to sign it. Like, I got him to sign my action a thousand. But Howard Porter one, I was like, okay, well, that's the one I like next because they didn't have the Jake Eric one either. Because it oh. says the Scarlet Speedster versus Barry Allen has Flash fighting Barry. That didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Well, like what? Well, first of all, why was Howard Porter? Because Howard Porter, they ended up releasing that beautiful pinup that he did with uh, the, the Flash, Flash family, family running up the mm-hmm. wall. Why was that not the cover? Like, yeah, yeah it would have been a it was perfect gorgeous. cover. <clears throat> but instead, we got Flash versus Flash. It was something that never happened or was referenced or anything. Yeah, that was so bizarre. I mean, I guess it's fitting with the Flash of like its Silver Age roots of like covers that make no sense to the rest of the story. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure that was <laughs> so so weird. Yeah, what you get, Caleb? Um, I texted my mom uh, to go and get my the Nick Darrington cover, and my store is currently out. So I am, I didn't. Yeah, I'm hopefully gonna get it in this weekend when I go back home. Because I've no, no money. That's worst part about college is not having a comic shop. Yeah, yeah. That, that's rough. I was lucky to I have a great one right down the street from me that's like five to ten minutes by drive. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to have that because they always have extras. Like I don't I don't even have subscriptions currently. I just pick it up off the shelf and that's it. Oh, actually? So yeah, I, I don't have any subscriptions Risky. right now. And it's a, it's a really big shop. So they always have stuff on the shelf. 
The only okay. the only thing is like like for Strange Adventures, like I have to go, you know, when they open or like Batman eighty nine last week. Like I went within twenty minutes of them opening. I got the last copy. Yeah, the that sold so. out everywhere in my province. Like, yeah. really? What, why was it? Yeah, I live in Alberta. That's a pretty big province in Canada. And uh, I picked up Batman ninety this week because that's the comic well, that came well, out. Well, did you get eighty nine or no? Yeah, I did get eighty nine because I found out this week that it sold out everywhere in Alberta and it's going for like hundreds of dollars online. Yeah, like, 89 wait, what 90 happened in 89? Uh, oh, 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 per A panel. Oh, oh my. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, wait, I don't remember much happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like she appears for like the like a half a panel and then she's on the last page. Um, yeah, so Punchline is the new James Tinian villain. And uh, she, she's girlfriend. supposed to be like the Joker's new girlfriend. And, you know, people hear Joker's new girlfriend and they think, oh, my God, Harley Quinn blew up so much. I need to get this issue. So it sold out before it was even Wednesday. Like, it was already sold out. Right. Damn. So it, then <laughs> okay. New Comic Book Day came. And then DC was like, oh, you know, obviously seeing the money there. They're like, oh, 89 her first cameo appearance. But but Hell Horizon 3, that's her first appearance. So then Hell Horizon 3 that. sold out like that. <clears throat> and then Batman 90, the one that came out this week, is the first appearance of that. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell his name was. Designer. Like the Dion, yeah, designer. designer. Uh, so so two villains in a row. So all three issues sold out like instantly, and they're all going back for second printings. Huh. So, yeah. So now if you have Batman 89, 90, and Hell Horizon 3, you have like I do. well over $100, $150 in your hands right there for uh, $12 worth of comics. Time to bag and board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to bag and board indeed <laughs> yeah my my shop at home uh is so weird because they sell out of like the weirdest comics they sold out of they had young justice one young justice three but they only sold out of young justice two for some reason oh mine and was so the I same don't... my young justice two i have a variant cover that i got online because they sold out yeah i went to the store i picked up my young justice one i got the impulse cover and then i was like oh i, I looked at the robin one and for some reason i was like or no it was amethyst they am at this cover and I was like, oh, okay, that's Young Justice 2. And I pick it up, I walk over, and they're like, oh no, we're sold out of Young Justice 2. Why? What a random issue to be sold out I of. I think it's yeah. the first appearance of Teen Lantern. That's why. Uh, no, she was in, she was in, wasn't she? I think she appeared for a panel. Like, oh that was I it. Hate, like, she saw oh, something going why... on in Metropolis. That was it. It's yep. so yep. frustrating. Modern, modern first appearances are so annoying because they They're sell so out instantly. Like, like for Batman 89, they had a sign at my comic shop and it said you can only buy one, like one per customer because they don't want somebody buying 10 of them and selling nine on eBay, which, mm -hmm. may, listen, it makes sense. Like, you know, comic profiteers, you know, buy to buy to read, try not to <laughs> buy to you sell on eBay directly. But, uh, but still, you know, like, it's, it's just a little frustrating. First I, actually, happening, go believe grab it or not, that. I was considering collecting Strange Adventures like buying two of each issue so I could like sell one through 12. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, are the Mr. Miracle issues worth a lot? Yeah. Oh, were they really? Yeah, because they had <laughs> uh, fairly small printing runs because when it first came out, nobody knew. Like Mr. Miracle yeah. number one is fairly tough to get. I, yeah. I think Tom King and Mr. Rods have both joked about like selling their uh, comp uh, issues <laughs> to make some money. But uh, well, I have I actually have um. So I my Mr. Miracle copy I got because I pre-ordered it uh, before it came out and I got the Barnes and Noble one. And so yeah, for with the, the, with the Noble, sticker, right? Yeah. So I have the yeah. sticker still on it because they called me like because it was supposed to get there, I think, like February 19th last year. And they called me like two days before and they're like, oh, hey, your book's here, by the way. You can come and pick it up. So I rushed over, picked it up. And then like two days later when it was supposed to come out, all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, FYI, like 
uh, this certain one's getting discontinued because there's a printing error. So now if you have it, you have a super rare edition of Mr. Miracle. Yeah. So I was like, great. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just looked up Mr. Miracle issue one is worth $280. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. I I wish I and wish I just came been, out uh, reading it. <laughs> yeah. What? People always ask like uh like people that I know that don't really read comics like do you have a lot of rare ones? I'm like yeah ones that came out recently like Batman Damned issue one or Justice League number forty which is Dark Side's daughter Grail's first appearance like they're mm-hmm. worth a lot and they just came out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah modern. <laughs> yeah. Modern just, like. Just... Oh yeah. Go. No, I was just going to say the, the two recent ones that were like really uh, that shot up real quick were Immortal Hulk 2. That one shot up like out of nowhere. What? Why? I don't know. It, it must be the first appearance. I haven't read it, so it must be the first appearance of someone. It's in the front of my shop for $150. And that came out, you know. <laughs> that came out like two years ago. 2018. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, Batman Damn number one, of course. That one shot up because of the Batwang. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, that's – I. it's always interesting because it's like when you look at the 90s sales – like what nearly killed comics was the fact that they were putting out so many different like special editions and first appearances and things that could like sell a bunch. So people were buying in bulk and then, you know, everyone was like, wait a second, this stuff isn't worth anything. And I'm yeah. kind of shocked that like Batman 89 sold out that much because it's like it, it's, eh? it's just kind of a whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a temporary peak. Like it's going to be like right now it's, you know, going for high on eBay and then like four months from now it's going to cool down because if you're like all right this ridiculous punchline ended up being like a kind of one-off character but i guess you never know nowadays like the punchline could be popular of, yeah the, the first appearance of rocket raccoon <laughs> came in a uh, incredible hulk issue that was in a before guardians of the galaxy was in a dollar box it, you'd have to pay me to take it like nobody wanted it you know it, it wasn't <laughs> worth fair. the paper it was printed on and then when guardians of the galaxy came out it went from being a dollar book to being you know well over a hundred dollars so it's just random books that just take off from time to time. It's it's crazy. Interesting. T- time to start buying some Eternals comics to sell once the movie well, comes out. Oh, that, yeah. that, whenever, whenever like a movie gets announced, people try to buy up first appearances. Uh, that's why I, I was looking when 5G got first announced or first teased. <laughs> I, I looked up the first appearance of uh, Luke, uh, Luke Fox to see if I could grab it. It was already 90 bucks on eBay. I'm like, damn. Oh my god! I was actually just—I I think I mentioned this on the podcast last week or two weeks ago. I was bidding on the uh, first appearance of Captain Boomerang Junior. Because I'm like, all right, if you give me, a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm need to get it. Maybe uh, a try, so, you know? Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of effort, but uh, yeah. So anyway, that, that was a, a oh, yeah. funny little uh, Batman '89. But Batman '89 on uh, yeah. ComicPriceGuide.com is going for ninety-eight dollars right now, and it came out two <sighs> weeks ago ridiculous I, mean, I, I, spent, have it, I have it so i'm happy but i spent four dollars on that it's already worth that much to be fair though we spend so much money on comics per year we're still losing so <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we need some more valuable ones we gotta start buying more extra ones ah, damn i should have bought two of those oh well anyways flash <laughs> came even... out <laughs> flash 750. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so 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 flash 750 came out uh there were six stories total which i actually i felt like the issue went really quick despite being like a big one Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I felt, I felt like when I read Action One Thousand and Tech One Thousand, they went like they. I felt like I was reading for a long time. This one just kind of flew. Um, so the the first story is the Flash Age Part One. Uh, it's the new arc by Williamson, and uh, it was it was uh, basically just setting up what is going to be this next upcoming arc with Paradox. Paradox's origin was in the last issue, and uh, it was. I mean, I thought kind of underwhelming. It was kind of just like, okay, you seem a bit like a generic villain. Um, yeah. I, I think this Williamson story was very nice, though, and I thought the Rafa Sandoval art was very good. 
um, it, it was basically just about like what the flash means to the people of central city. So, um, we get some varying stories of like a guy who was going to rob a bank because he was down on his luck and the flash, uh, the rogue started to attack right when he's trying to rob the bank. So the flash ran him out of there and put him in front of a, a place to go get a job. So it, it's just like, you know, little like things that. like that. Like this is what the flash means to me. It's like some little girl that, uh, when they went to the zoo, when her class went to the zoo, gorilla grot attacked and flash took down gorilla grot. And that's what, she, what the flash means to her. So, Oh, and um, he, he- he got all the kids ice cream right after too. Yeah, 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 like the most Barry Allen thing. Like this is like top tier Barry Allen to me. I think that's exactly yeah. what Barry should be. Like this is like Wade level Barry Allen to me. Yeah, say yeah, what I you was, want I about was... Williamson, but he does write a solid Barry. Now, it, at least. Yeah, it like when I was reading this, it's weird because if you were like going to tell me all the people that were going to be writing um Flash 750 and the two best stories in the book were both written by Williamson and they were awesome in my opinion. They were yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just like little things like he saved the guy and his dog, you know, like it, it reminded me of like Flash 2010 when uh, he saves the people from that building and she's like my doll and he comes running back in with the doll. Like it's just like little things like that. Like that's Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Iris uh, teases pregnancy in this issue. I don't know if yeah. you guys caught that. Yeah, two surprises. Yeah, she said she has a surprise, two surprises actually, and they don't really get to cover it, but I guess she might be pregnant. Now, Hunter, I don't know if you remember, uh, remember when I asked Williamson when he was on the podcast, I was like, are they going to be getting married anytime soon? And he's like, we have it in the works at some point, not in the immediate future, but it'll happen. I, I think it'll be happening fairly soon, maybe yeah, building up like to a year and a half ago. So. Issue. Yeah, I guess at that point he wasn't, when we interviewed him, this issue wasn't even written. So yeah. Yeah, I guess it was just an idea. Now I could definitely see that happening. I mean, now in DC, I feel like a lot of things are moving forward. That could be because 5G's coming and they kind of, you know, like wrap up everything. But yeah, like Murrah just gave birth in Aquaman. So mm-hmm. I could definitely Catwoman, see. Catwoman's going to be pregnant, possibly. Possibly Iris Catwoman West pregnant. pregnant. A, lot, a lot of kids superheroes running around. Yeah, I could see Lois being pregnant again, too, honestly. Yeah, totally well, since, since Bendis is Superman number one, I've been or Man of Steel number one, I've been waiting for uh, him. To, I think Superman's gonna have a daughter at some point. Now he teased it in the dream sequences. I think it's happening at some point. Yep, definitely. So yeah, my but the, my biggest excitement is like I think what's gonna happen is she'll reveal he's she's pregnant to him, and then like immediately after will be like the Young Justice scene. Bart's gonna like zip in and be like, "Hey, Granddad," you know? Yeah. Oh, um, guarantee. That's, that's my well, biggest like upset with 5g i'm very excited I'm, I'm i'm really interested in what it is but after like for all of these books the hundred issue for nearly like half of dc comic that are like building towards something i really hope they don't just like wipe it away and be like okay we're done because it just be such like a f you to the fans kind of oh, you know? jim lee oh, said yeah. that 5g isn't like a reboot or anything everything's happening yeah. in comics is canon and will remain canon so Oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I feel like 5G is being shifted around at least somewhat, so we'll see. Uh, luckily for them, they didn't put out too many solid details on that yet. Like they, you know, pulled back the timeline after New York Comic Con, and they, you know, they were reworking things. So I, I, I think they're definitely shifting things around. If but, anything, we're gonna yeah. get a time jump, like maybe five yeah. years in the future. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think we're building something in Flash. I mean, I hope so. Um, you know, we like with are. the with the twins coming, I, I'm still waiting for the time where uh, Barry has time with Iris to sit down and talk about Wally because they haven't talked at all. And like I brought up when we reviewed Flash Forward Six, uh, Linda knows Iris. Like Iris mentions that in one of the Flash books, she's like, "Oh, I talked to Linda." 
Linda just got the kids back. Is she not immediately calling up Iris West like, uh, hey, I have memories now of this pre-52 life. Uh, yeah. Let's talk. You know, I like, feel like, well, not really what I feel like, but what I really hope is after the Paragon arc, we have one issue of just no villains. Just Iris talking about the pregnancy, Linda calling Iris, and just everyone calming I, down I for a second. I would absolutely love that because I, I think you need those issues that kind of slow down. I thought that was something... When I read Jason Aaron's uh, Avengers, I thought that was cool. He had that one issue where it's just the Avengers kind of chilling in the mountain cave and just like catching up on like yeah. all the issues not that they have single... internally as opposed to the villains. Like that was great. Yeah, not a single character in that issue wore a super suit. It was just yeah. every character. It wasn't Captain Marvel. It was Carol Danvers. You know, everyone yeah. would just calm down and talked. And it was just a ton of character development in just those few pages. I want that for yeah. The Flash after Paragon. Yeah, because... Yeah, because for the last, like, 15 issues, it's been like, oh, we need to talk about Wally. No, I don't have time. You know, Bart, like, like Barry set up a mannequin of Bart at the Flash Museum, but he has no idea who he is. Like, there's just yeah. a lot of inconsistencies <laughs> we, we need, here. Uh, we need to slow down. I know it's hard for the Flash, but when Paragon's yeah, gone, no pun intended. slow down. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I'm hoping, because I know, especially in, in one of the later um, stories in the book, Eobard's whispering into Jay's ear. Yes, and the fact yep. that it's written by Williamson pretty clearly tells me that it's going to be like another Flash rebirth type thing of like, yes. I think Paradox will finally regather the Flash family. And then 761 is going to be the big like culmination of the Flash family back versus Eobard. Because 761, technically 750 is issue 89. So 761 is going to be originally what williamson's issue 100 would be. well I, I wouldn't be surprised if they marketed it as 100 because 100, <laughs> you know, to sell it better like i honestly wouldn't be surprised yeah i can see that happening i'd be okay with that if it was like extra size as well not several stories like 750 is but just one big story of maybe the because we know reverse flash from solicitations is going to be creating like a reverse flash family and mm -hmm. have like flash family versus him when that ends, have like a another break, maybe. Hey, I'm Bart Allen. I've been in Young Justice for the past year. Yeah, I've been traveling around the multiverse, uh, saying weird lines. Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we were literally right next to each other, but Lex Luthor punched the ground, and now I, we still haven't met. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> there's so much continuity. Uh, anyway, the the issue, the first uh, story ends with uh, Paradox forcing Godspeed to go kill the Flash, and Godspeed's like Barry's telling Godspeed like you don't got to do it, and uh, Godspeed's like yes I do. So um, some big things coming, uh, and then that's followed up by two pinups. So the one we talked about before, the Howard Porter pinup, which is beautiful, and then the Doc Shaner pinup, which is absolutely gorgeous. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Neither did I. Yeah, He's the Doc, only Doc, artist that draws a good mirror master. <laughs> Doc, uh, Doc posted it and he said that it's Wally and the Rogue. So I was like, that's very nice. Yeah, like, green eyes. They all look so cool. And, and the zoom, like eyes behind, is so awesome. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, the, the, the zoom eyes, like the red eyes, like that. Yeah. Perfect. Like really well made. So um, that was honestly one of my favorite pinups. I think Doc mm. Shane is just such a talented artist, and we'll probably talk about that later. But uh, anyway, the next story is uh, the Jeff Johns and Scott Collins story. So um, I, I knew it was going to be set like during their run about Captain Cold. So I was very interested because uh, their run is definitely special to me. Um, I like it. It's Captain Cold. It's a short little story. It's Captain Cold wants to go get beer. And uh, he talks about rooting for the underdogs in life and how, you know, he, he's like not a villain. He's a rogue in this one. Like uh, the lady thinks he's robbing the place for the beer. And he's like, no, I want to pay for my beer. I just wanted to go away with it. And the cops are out front. So he freezes the cops without killing anyone and just leaves. Like, I just want my beer and go watch hockey. Yeah, and the he hockey pays game for makes references it, yeah. to uh, Flash uh, creators. Um, 
the players are called LaRoque, which is Greg LaRoque, the artist, and uh, Messner, which is uh, William Loeb's uh, Messner. So, oh, I didn't catch oh, that. That's cool. I didn't what either. Yeah, yeah. So just like yeah, just a little reference to those two. A little history uh, of the Flash. Well, you know, I gotta carry up with my name. Who wrote yeah. the Flash in the early '90s? So that was a cool <laughs> uh, touch. And uh, it ends with uh, Wally, Linda, and the kids at the house. And Wally's like kind of upset that uh, Captain Cold like made his name while he knew Wally was out of town. So it was a nice little story. It was short, but you know, I liked it. Like it felt like it fit in during their time on uh, Wally's run. It yeah, it definitely did fit in. I liked it a lot. It was a nice story. Jeff Johns is a I good think... writer personally it, i think it was probably near the lower end i thought it was written fine it like i think it, it would have worked really well in their run but i think like my the biggest detriment to the book itself is like the lack of flash family and it just yeah. like it not aggravating but it is a bummer it's like okay we had we had a captain cold book before we had or like a section before we had like a bar down or like a Jay Gar- or not Jay Garrett, but like Max Mercury or like yeah. Other well, well uh, yeah. And one of the disappointing things is you know Jeff made Bart Kid Flash. Mm-hmm. You know why didn't we get some Kid Flash and Flash action? You know I think that would have mm-hmm. been really cool. Um, even though I did enjoy the story and I do love the way they write Captain Cold, I, I do agree that it would have been cool to see some Flash family stuff, especially from Jeff. Like maybe like the way he did. I think it was his Tech One Thousand story was about the Bat Family, but but like you know just like just keeping with what makes the flash relevant and you know, mm-hmm. even if it does fit in your run, that's cool. Um, but anyway, after that story, we get um, possibly one of the oddest pinups I've ever seen. <laughs> so did you guys call it that Mitch Gerard's uh, pinup? Yeah. It, I was kind of, it, it's the flash running by a kid and it looks really cool. Like the flash running by and the flash comics flying all around. You see flash number zero and leaves, flash number one twenty three. Yeah. but this little kid looks like very <laughs> weird. <laughs> It, I think I think truth. I, I think the little kid is because his son's name is West after Wally West. Um, oh really? I think oh, I yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it looks like his son. It looks like his son, and it looks like. But it's like I, I get what he was doing with like okay, the Flash is running in this direction, so the kid's face is kind of pulled. But it yeah. just it looks. I would I really would have preferred like a full body shot, you know. I thought that yeah, would have looked yeah. really cool for him. Well, yeah. So, so Mitch did those uh, Flash variants uh, not too long ago that were like based on Into the Spider-Verse, and they were awesome. So yeah. that, that's what I was expecting. So when I turned the page into that, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely based on his son. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, it was it. That's like the biggest kind of bummer for like the whole Flash 750 is it's like there are so many things that's like, I was really hoping this part would be really good. And it was like, okay, it's not bad just kind of a letdown yeah definitely but- uh, and speak, speaking of those i i, th- I thought the menopause menopo story I, thought, I mean it was great to see francis draw the flash again oh, because i really so missed good. that he's <laughs> the greatest flash artist of all time but the story itself i was kind of just like eh, okay you know what like is I, it I, like I myself turning the pages like okay 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 kind of like daydreaming or <laughs> yeah yeah he's like he's like daydreaming about like or even like traveling to other worlds without without Barry Allen becoming the Flash and like what is it so like in one of the worlds Gorilla Grodd is a speedster in one of the worlds Iris is a speedster uh in in one of the worlds is like a kid like reading about the Flash and like scanning for lightning and he says like the most Williamson line of all time go science (laughs) (laughs) but I mean the art was great though no the art was great I mean listen Manipal is amazing but yeah this 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 story I just felt myself like kind of flipping through yeah, yeah, it's me too. It 
again is with like I feel like a couple of the stories is it's just like really was like this like, like yeah like what this what is, is that, this what is, what is the that celebration Flash's impact yeah exactly yeah. it's a celebration mm-hmm. and, and and that's how I felt almost about the next story I get that the next story Flash supposed to be a of all worlds <laughs> it's supposed to be a celebration <laughs> of the Silver Age I get that and I I think. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about Riley Rosmo. I think he's better on obscure characters like Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I think putting him on Wonder Woman, putting him on the Flash, putting him on the Joker, it just, it, it doesn't really feel right because they're not obscure characters. There's something about him doing obscure characters that just works better. Yeah, and, and he did. Um... It, it at least worked that because it was the Mirror Master story, you know, so things are supposed to look a little weird. But I, I just like couldn't help but focus in on Barry's bean-looking chin, uh, chin at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he did Night of the Monster Men, the, one of the first Tom King Batman stories, uh, and that worked for the monsters, at least. Like, yeah. He was a little weird looking. But yeah, Flash's head looked weird, and his body was kind of like a weird portion of times, and yeah. this is odd. But, but I, essentially, essentially, it's like Flash first Mirror Master, and he's paying homage to, like, Barry with the big head, or Barry is the mannequin, and, you know, all that. So, you know, it, it was cool to see that, but I don't know. I, this is another story that I kind of just felt myself, like, flipping through. I hated the I dialogue actually, too. Yeah, it well, so I love the art in it cuz I I feel like his art looks very dynamic. Like uh-huh. a lot of the like him running it looks where like he's running into the mirror and mirror master spits him out looks really really cool. Um okay. Yeah, but like my biggest it's again why Marv Wolfman wrote Wally during like the definitive Teen Titans era. Why aren't we getting a Marv Wolfman Wally Kid Flash story, you know? It's like was yeah. it well, well, I, I I thought this was gonna be so. Marv Wolfman has talked about how because he wrote Christ on Infinite Earth, right, which mm-hmm. killed Barry off, and he's talked about how he didn't want to kill Barry. He made the pitch to DC editorial at the time, like, "Hey, what if we don't kill him? What if we do this?" And DC said, "Yeah, no, kill him." Right? What if he just <laughs> did that story here? Oh, that would have been yeah, cool. Maybe. Like a what he, if he, story? He wanted he wanted Barry to escape death by knowing that he's living on borrowed time and that every second is a gift almost pretty much yeah. so what what would a man living on death row like that be like as a hero potential to be interesting yeah. so that, that would have been a cool thing to see it's like yeah it wasn't able to work in 1986 but now i can do it now for the celebration issue like it would have been cool and it would have been the callback to crisis and all that i think it could have been cool like a what yeah. if almost it would have been cool dang yeah but instead we got just an angry weird looking barry like again, yeah, Barry's like, dialogue I hate it. Like when he when he says to Mirror Master, like you've always been a, such a loser. I'm like, really, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't say that. <laughs> I, I think that Wolfman's not like the best, like in modern times. Like like you read some of his like modern Nightwing, and you're like, yeah, like best to keep him in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. the the ne- the next story has uh, some amazing art. So again, by Williamson. Uh, this one's called At the Starting Line. Uh, drawn, drawn by David Marquez, who, if you're not familiar, does the uh, art on Batman Superman currently, which is probably the top five artists in DC currently. When DC got him, I was just so shocked. Oh, yeah. The, this story was gorgeous. He's so good. It's it's unfair how good he is. Yeah, like, it's just, it's such clean art. <laughs> like, I like if I put all, if I worked 5,000 hours and perfected my craft and worked as hard as I could, it would not be half of what this is. Just everything's so smooth. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's just like it's so it's like visually a, pleasing. When Jay like throws a, the helmet and it's like oh, it's very yeah. straight in the air. I could I yeah. could hear that. Like I could see that moving. It's so well drawn. It's one of those things that sometimes when you read a comic, it feels like I could imagine this moving so well. 
Yeah, and I think that's when Jay throws the helmet here that I could picture that. Yeah. Yeah, and the best part, like, at the end, it was kind of a gift that he gave us a little drawing of Bart, Wallace, Wally, and Barry. Because it, it, now it just means now I know what those characters would look like if you drew them, and they look amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like, the in the uh, Bizarro ideal world where uh, Doc Shaner's on covers and David Marquez is on the interiors, and that's our flashbook, <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> it would be amazing. Uh, but in, in this story, essentially, it's just kind of like a homage to Jay in the Golden Age, and I like that they actually brought up that the Rival is one of his villains, because whenever they talk about Jay villains, they bring up the main three, but they never bring up Rival, and this actually has Rival in the background, which is great, because I think Rival's due for a modern showing, so... Mm-hmm. Um, that that was great, and then we get Eobard whispering in uh, Jay's ear, saying, "They'll forget you, Jay Garrick. I've seen your future." Like that was Which like that awesome. gave me legit chills. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I, I'm really hoping that they continue with that little moment. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it ends with like like Caleb said, with uh, you get to see Barry, Bart, and uh, a bunch of others. So they're setting up for the Flash versus Reverse Flash. I think this would be the perfect story to bring Daniel West back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. He's been wait, dead for wait, so long. Wait, wait, you, remember, we used to be teased like fairly regularly in Williamson's run, and it kind of just stopped after like Flash War. You know, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind would getting back to that because I think I think it makes for good, uh, you know, movement for Wallace as a character. And I just love to see Daniel return because what would he be like? Yeah, he's, he was yeah. a cool character. I'm kind of sad that he was Uncle Ben. Like he's dead and not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. Like even looking, my biggest complaint with the picture at the end is like the villain side of where it should have instead of like the random villains it should have been like eobar thad um zoom and then it would have been cool daniel west you know yeah yeah that would have been extremely cool um, speedsters would have been better yeah but you know and i think that would have been a great tease too but uh anyway after that we get uh two pinups uh the first one's by dale eaglesham who does uh the Shazam art mostly currently. Yeah. Um, and, and he did JSA in the 2000s. This is essentially just like a pinup from JSA in the 2000s. Like it, it looks great. It's very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the second one is just of Wallace, which I was actually surprised that Wallace got his own pinup. It looks great it. though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the artist. Uh, have they drawn other books like that? I'm just mind blank, uh, name blanking on right now. I think he, I could be wrong, but it, the art kind of looks similar to we are Robin. I don't know if you uh, read okay. that. Oh, did we miss the Bart pinup too? Oh yeah, we did. That the the Bart pinup was the uh, him and the Teen Titans, which mm-hmm. looks like a piece of Teen Titans art that I've seen before. Yeah, it, um, I think I it's the guy who it. did the later Teen Titans art, Mike. Yeah, Mc, my, yeah, Mike McCohen. I think he did some of the later stuff, which I thought was all right. But I mean, the core four looked so cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's the only Bart we actually get in this issue, yeah. like to him, <laughs> himself, which is a little disappointing, but. You know, I'll take what I can get. You know, Bart fans are used to crumbs, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, after the J story, uh, we get the flash forward epilogue. So um, I, for some reason, totally forgot about this while while reading. And so when I turned the page, I was like, oh, yeah, right. Flash forward. Wally Hatton. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Wally Hatton. So uh, it's written by, it's the same creative team, Labdell and Booth. Booth. Um, so this story is... I mean, it's, it's more of just a setup of anything. I actually like the post that uh, Hunter did on it where it's essentially taking what was said in DC Rebirth number one of we have to find out who did this to oh, yeah. finding out why he did this. Yeah. Um, if, if Doomsday Clock wasn't so detached from the rest of the DC universe, I feel like this would have been cooler. But given that it's just like it's in the future, but we don't know how far in the future and Mon Pot can are back. So this might actually be in the current timeline. It's just a little confusing. 
Um, they need like some kind of book to just explain. Maybe that's what the generation books will do. Yeah, I think that's what Generation Zero is going to do. Because this whole uh, thing is Wally being like, "Wait, what the heck? Why is DC Comics editorial so bad?" <laughs> that's basically what he's yeah. saying here. But like, but it was nice to see like uh, Wally with the Flash suit for the first time after Crisis, and him with uh, Dick, Donna, and Garth. And uh, the, I, I thought it was a beautiful splash page, even though I'd seen it without the colors first. Of uh, Wally seeing every shift in time, so he sees Christ on Earth, mm-hmm. he sees Zero Hour, he sees uh, Nightfall, the death of Superman, and uh, Infinite Crisis Flashpoint. Yeah. Like, Boostrow so such many... a good Green Lantern. Like, I didn't realize like, yeah. it was how. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even seen him draw Green Lantern. That Hal Specter is very nice, although he yeah. could have used a little bit more gray in the temples. But uh... oh yeah, sure. <laughs> but but yeah, so you see like a lot of different things happening, a lot of different reboots, which was really cool. And then um, he essentially just wants to know, like, why everything's shifting again. So we, we see him. He sees the same events happening twice. So it's Wally being introduced to Barry in the Flash 110. And then it's Wally and Wallace being introduced to Barry in Flash Year One. And, like, Barry looks different, obviously, like, Silver Age versus Modern Age. And Iris looks different, too. Like, very, very cool. Like, the 50s versus, like, the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the <laughs> of course, Labdell has to call back to the New 52 Teen Titans because that was his baby. Even though we probably didn't need the callback, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's it's the original Teen Titans versus the New Fifty Two Teen Titans, and like you know, seeing the same thing twice. And then uh, my favorite page was the Flash family, uh, where it's the pre Fifty Two Flash family versus the New Fifty Two slash Rebirth Flash family. Um, the only downside of that, and I don't Wally's know if you guys spotted this, Wally's eyes. What the hell? Ah, yeah. I hated it. I was like, I was like, why are they not white? <laughs> top ten, top ten cursed images. Not clickbait. <laughs> so this is a little intimidating. His seeing his eyes like that, but uh, yeah. seeing Irie Pulse is good at any chance I can get. And Max Mercury in the back, you know, was really nice. Um, I was actually expecting Bart to be on the left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, or at least on both sides, because Wally was on both sides. Yeah, 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 that's why I was thinking like, why not have him on both sides? Like, I expect instead of XS, they probably could have had Bart back there next to Max. Yeah, that's yeah, true. but. Oh. But uh, either way, uh, you know, pretty cool. A lot of cool art, and it's just setting up what's coming next. So, uh, what what do we see through the eyes of Wally West? And uh, I, I like, you know, some of the quotes in this. Like, uh, my name is Wally West. I'm the fastest man alive. I sit in the Moby's chair. The power of a god races through me. So yeah, I got this with a little smirk. Yeah, I love yeah, that. That, that, that was, was nice. badass. And uh, yeah, that was That's... Flash 750. That, like I said, I felt like we flipped through that kind of quickly, even though we've been recording for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to go over an hour. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, it happens from time to time. Um, but so Flash 750, my general thoughts are, I think there's some good stories, but to me, it ultimately feels shallow. In mm-hmm. the sense that it does. This is a celebration issue of the character of what made it to 750 issues. So one leaving out Mark Wade. I mean, I don't. I don't even see how you can leave out Mark Wade. I get, you know, he's got differences with DC editorial, and he works at Marvel. I don't want to hear it. He is essential to the Flash reaching 750 issues. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think you could really have what the Flash is today without Mark Wade. He laid literally every single groundwork thing that, like, I feel like modern Flash fans know. Yeah, like literally the Speed Force. <laughs> yeah, this. I mean, he. Yeah, furthered the Flash family more than i think anyone else really has he's it was kind of a bummer like and i think like you said it just it didn't feel like a celebration issue like it didn't feel like i was like oh man i'm so happy the flash is here i it felt like if just, eh? felt, yeah like it felt more like an annual than a celebration yeah. <laughs> yeah like like to me 
a Wade story was necessary, and I think a Flash family story was necessary. Where yeah. whether it was something like the Tom King take the picture on the rooftop to get them mm-hmm. all together, like give me something, some kind of interaction, because that's part of what you know makes the Flash great. And I, you know, like I like the idea of like okay, Marv Wolfman's story represents the Silver Age, Williamson's story represents the Golden Age. You know what what represented the eighties and nineties? Mm-hmm. Nothing really, you know. So it, it would have been nice to get, you know, kind of like the decade impact. But I don't know. Like, ultimately, I feel like this is going to be a forgettable issue. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, There'll be some cool art pieces that people remember from it. But ultimately, like, I don't see myself coming back to this anytime soon. Yeah, me too. Yeah. My, I feel like my biggest kind of issue with all of it was, like, what was going through Francis Monopoly's head when he was writing? Like, what made him go, like, okay, yeah. I could do a whole Flash family story, but instead I'll have Barry running through the Speed Force or whatever, glimpsing at everything. Like, I, I get the, like, sentiment of, like, okay, this is why Barry Allen's the Flash, but it's kind of stupid because the entire Flash 750 was, like, look at all these great Flash characters that carried the legacy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, ultimately, kind of disappointing, just because, like, I expect a lot. And I, and I said the same thing when... Uh, Tech 1000 came out and Action 1000 came out. It ultimately felt mm-hmm. disappointing just because, like, you're setting the stage for a big issue. So I expect it to deliver, you know? Yeah, yeah. all of the... So far, all the, like, big legacy um, issues have felt, A, really, really short, and B, just kind of just, like, boring, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't even think I'll pick up the Joker one. Oh, my God. I, can't, I hate that they're making that. I, yeah, I think my, my biggest... My biggest hype comes with the robin and the um green lantern one yeah i'll I'll read those two but joker and catwoman yeah yeah i'm I'm skipping on joker and catwoman like i I was expecting them to announce a penguin one eventually because i'm like (laughs) give it to anyone yeah uh, it's a bummer too that like i think um tom and mikhail are doing i i hope what isn't like a preview for their batman for like batcat like a prelude or something just because i don't and it's the same thing with the flash forward epilogue I don't want these big celebration issues to be like segues into other issues, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. the only the only thing I see for that is just like, you know, more people are going to be reading this book. So from a sales standpoint, mm-hmm. it makes yeah. sense of like, oh, I read this uh, story with this villain. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll follow the next arc. And then they hope you get hooked. So I, I get the mm-hmm. math of it. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like celebration issues should be more about celebration yeah, yeah, I mean, new readers will pick this up, and they might want to see what happens. Barry versus Godspeed. I want to read that, so then they'll get the next one. So it makes sense to me. I'm okay with it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, anyway, let's move on to Strange Adventures because I am dying to hear Caleb's thoughts on this. Yeah, so. let's get strange. <laughs> I, I, and honestly, I don't even really want to recap it. Like, if you want to talk about like a few scenes, I'm fine with that. But I want people to actually read this for their own because I think it's one of those books yeah. that you have to read. Mm-hmm. But but what what are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved it so, 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 so much. Um, <laughs> it, for like a lot of people who don't know, it's a, it's, it's going to be a pretty politically charged book. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and <laughs> it, it, it is kind of like the exact counter to what in a sense, like America has done um, in terms of like the flash Gordon Tarzan characters of like for the American mindset. Um, and this, this is what Tom, this, these aren't my words. These are what Tom King said, um, yeah, but the, you know, yeah. the America, the, great explorer the person who goes off and conquers and becomes a king and is praised and you know from the american perspective the like flash gordon or those type of people we praise them as heroes but then we don't see the other damages that happens because of it we don't see the like you know 
pillaging and those type of things that did unfortunately happen our history and especially what it looks like what will be happening with adam strange um, yeah oh like a kind of like a christopher columbus deal yeah exactly and and i think that's what i'm i'm kind of surprised that the book hasn't gotten more backlash because of it especially from people like evs um <laughs> uh, but, he's too worried about dc comic getting sold and burning rose tico toys to actually complain about this yeah my um i i think it it just it did such a really really great job and i think it mitch mitch's art looks very grounded very gritty and just doc's art is just so gorgeous it's clean yeah Mm -hmm. and so it what i'm really excited for is part of the big highlight for doc's art in this issue was he adam strange was fighting um on ran and you can really tell because uh (laughs) adam's art or adam's uh dialogue when he's on ran is very 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 cheesy if um dc the dc universe app has um a lot of the really old adam strange comics and so i was going through and reading them and they're very very cheesy and yeah um you know i think where's one of the what line was it it was pretty much yeah like there's there's an image of him uh and he adam says you know as long as i live and breathe i will fight for this planet as it has saved me so shall i forever strive to save ran he has a fist in his air he's defeating these aliens and so it's very obvious that what's going to be coming is we're going to now see their perspective from mitch's art and i'm very excited to see what that is yeah that's a good yeah. point yeah i i was something that i found most interesting about this um was the book signing so mm-hmm. the book signing reminds me and i wonder if tom took inspiration from this from tom's twitter replies and instagram comments because there's the people who love him there's the people who hate him there's the people who, for some reason, attack his service to the nation. And then there's the people <laughs> who are, like, in the middle. And that's what we got to see. We got the people who love Adam Strange at the book signing, the people who hate him, and the people who attack him for his war record. So th- this is very interesting to me that it felt like a reflection of, like, what um, – not just Tom, but, you know, what what these writers go through when – writing a book and when you meet fans because unfortunately not every fan you meet is going to be uh you know a big fan mm-hmm. and it, especially during this um i think it really like what you said piggybacking off that kind of especially in an age where we have information at our fingertips we can easily look back on what writers do and and it's like there are um writers in comics that have gotten fired for previous statements or previous things of harassment that people may have not known about um and i think in a sense this really is going to kind of be a reflection of that of like you know he's getting adam's getting a congressional medal of honor and then a guy who spoke out against him ended up dying um and it's just it's i'm i'm so intrigued and i really could not care less i could care less about uh mr terrific but i know hearing what tom said about the character i'm just so excited yeah I'm, i'm i mean i think i'm like most excited just to see like where this goes because like my my feelings generally on politically driven stories are it's a delicate balance to have because they often become one-sided very quickly and i I, listen i get it everyone's got an opinion like that's just how it goes so you know the great stories like watchmen that really are able to showcase both sides and you really do have to make a choice on like what you feel is right you know i i think this has the potential to do that oh that's a really curious what it does that's a really good comparison yeah yeah and it it really (laughs) it really makes the art by doc so much better because like we like it's it's pretty obvious that the story is going to be about his ran and what he did 
Um, and I like everyone. It's undisputed. Adam Strange is a hero, and Tom knows he's a hero. And it's at the end of the day, the story will end in a certain way, and I think Adam will still end up being a hero. But it's you know what is the price of us loving our heroes? Kind of you know like there's the back cover of it ended up saying you know you're a hero. They want they want to give you everything. Yeah. You know, and just how quick people in general are willing to hoist people up and kind of without questioning it. And I'm I'm so excited. I don't know yeah. if he will be a hero by the end, actually. He might I, not he might even die. Like Mr. Miracle, he's a superhero, but by the end of Mr. Miracle, he's I mean, kinda dead. I mean, l- luckily due to black label, I think that we can go dark here. So oh, I, think every, every, I think everything's on the table. So I, know, a- I think I think we're gonna see a um, you know, Adam Strange, who's fed up with the media, who's tired of negative reports all the time. I think we're going to see him harassed by paparazzi. And could that lead to him harming himself? Possibly. Could it lead to a suicide attempt? I mean, it happened to Mr. Miracle. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so, the question for you guys is during this book near the middle, uh, you see the angry fan dies. You know, mm-hmm. the guy who yelled at Adam Strange during his signing, he had his head smashed in and people were wondering, was this Adam Strange? Do you guys think that was Adam Strange who killed this guy? Hmm. I, I mean, feel like <laughs> I, I want to say no. Honestly, I want to say no because, like, you know, comic books. But then also, I'm thinking back to like Mr. Miracle, like things that I noticed in the third issue, where I'm like, that can't be. And then in the twelfth issue, I'm like, oh my god, it was. So, um, it, it's it's possible. The Adam Strange yeah. murder a fan. <laughs> and that's I, I'm. I think part of it is like I feel like it's very obvious. Adam Strange would feel very bad if he did something bad. Um. And I, I think, like, with his book, I like, I think what will happen is Adam Strange had the best intentions going into the war and doing all those things and got tainted by it, but still didn't want to believe the bad things he did. And I think that's what's going to happen. Um, maybe, like, he may have, maybe he did kill it, but he forgot that he killed the guy. Um, same way he may have, like, like, PTSD forcefully made himself forget. I was, the, the yeah. I was gonna say yeah. that I bet he did kill him, but he doesn't know. Which, it. which could be a better version of uh, Heroes in Crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm 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 extremely curious to see where this goes. Like I, this is the book. Like I said, like I don't even want to describe it to you guys, the listeners, because I want you guys to read it. I think it's one of those things that you just have to read. And you know, like with Mister Miracle, I was spoiled because I read it all in trade. So you know, I got to eat it all in one chunk. This one, I really got, I'm gonna have to wait a whole year. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Little, it's, little tidbits every month. <laughs> I'm excited for next month for issue two. It had a terrific ending. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Terrific and comes in. <laughs> that's like the only, at first I was a little like bugged about how each page kind of seemed to be a different scene. But now I'm really happy that he did it like that because it feels like this issue is self-contained. Yeah. Oh, it'll, and it'll read a lot better all yeah. together. Too. Well, well, and I can't wait to see the patterns that appear like when the whole thing's out when some youtubers telling me that you know oh on every third page you get this and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah you do so i'm, oh, I'm, I'm i guarantee that'll happen <laughs> the, the second that trade goes on pre-order it'll be in my amazon cart and it'll be uh shipped and ready to go so uh yeah I'm, I'm excited for this book and i'm excited to see where it goes it was a good first issue and it really set the table um speaking of good issues daredevil 19 i can't get enough of this book i mean Listen, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last, I mean, this book started in like 2018. I don't know. Like, I feel like we've been reviewing it for a while now, like over a year now. Over I mean, year, this book yeah. is unbelievably good. Uh, 
I was so happy when Hunter picked it up because he didn't read it at first, but then he binged it all and like was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> Caleb, did you read this from the beginning or did you pick it up? Like, no, I, I only picked it up because you guys recommended it so much. Oh wow! Oh I really? Was, I, I didn't was, know that. I was I was back at home over summer, just hanging out like in the podcast, playing Minecraft, and it was like every single like That's episode, it was just like Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well maybe I should read this. Same with um, you guys got me hooked on House of X and Powers of X, and now I love. Like the X Men, and I'm getting more huh. into Marvel. Well, what do you know? Of, a yeah. hero story saved a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cured a go. depression. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'd like to think that Daredevil lived up to the standard that we talked about it too, because this book has been unbelievably good. It exceeded. Like it's so it, it is so good. It's it's like unfair. Like I, I see people online even talk about this, like on Reddit. Well, not Reddit, comic books, Reddit, Marvel, and they are saying this might just be one of the best Daredevil runs ever made. Uh, yeah, I, I think throughout 19 issues, and, like, to think that this run's only 19 issues old, like, I feel like I'm just, like, so engulfed in... I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say is here, but, I like, hope. I'm so, like, into it that, like, it really is going to be one of the greatest I want to see it go to 100. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, 100. <laughs> you know, if it's able to keep the quality up, and, like, like uh, Ryan Stegman made a joke on the podcast with Chip Zarsky, he's like, you know, at some point, the quality's got to dip. But it's, like, you know... <laughs> really hasn't it's really kept that high quality like there, there hasn't been an issue where i'm like yeah that was okay you know every issue i feel like it just keeps raising the stakes and like i'm like they still when could I'm, do I'm... so much too 19 issues in bullseye just appeared now and 19 issues before it was just basically kingpin as the villain yeah. and it works so well yeah so... well and, and and 19 issues in daredevil is just getting the suit back so, you know, he's coming back to the red soon. Uh, this was just like such an interesting issue, like the whole we are Daredevil concept of Hell's Kitchen defending their own. And, you know, the scene where everyone showed up in the masks, like I was like, oh, my God, like this is awesome. Like we are Robin, but executed better. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we are the Flash, but uh, much better. Oh, yeah. yeah I and... forgot that was a lot. <laughs> I uh, one of like the quotes that always sticks with me when I think about comics um, was made from Alan Moore. And he pretty much said, you know, so many people if you start giving them little hints of like backstory for things, they'll want more and more. And they have to know, I need to know the full context of what's going on before I read the story. And what I love about Daredevil is it does things. And it's like, you know, you either are, you follow along and you go where the story takes you or you just, you know, drop off. And like when, when all the stuff and all the explosions were happening, I was like, I have no idea what's happening, but you know, fuck it. I'm running with it. And it, it's executed so, so well. It's it like is, the entire yeah. issue is just, pure chaos and it was it, great to compare my, to my, my, live action i'm actually i'm re-watching the show right now daredevil this kind of reminded me of season one when uh all those buildings blew up like yeah. of season one and that's basically what it is a ton of buildings are blowing up but instead of like oh well, who's doing these explosions you see right there there's four villains walking around the street shooting innocent people like mm -hmm. it is dark this is not yeah. black label <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my my favorite uh, page in this book was when uh, the the guy the with the bearded daredevil that uh, got killed by Bullseye, um, he's dying in Matt's arms, and yeah, uh, the, the, page, the internal yeah. dialogue there was some of Zarsky's best writing, which is saying a lot given how good this book is. He goes, uh, uh, "Quote: Daredevil was a symbol. I tainted it, and they took it back. It was bigger than me. It was always bigger than me. They carried my burden, my sins." but they shouldn't have to. And he's like, he takes off his little black, black mask and takes off the dead man's uh, daredevil mask and realizes what he has to do. So the sin of what he did as daredevil has been washed away. It, it's the idea that daredevil is always able to tie back into Catholic themes is 
so interesting to me because, <laughs> yeah. like, j- just religion is kind of like a comic book. I mean, a lot of the things that happen in religion are like comic books. Well, so there goes several <laughs> of our followers. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I say this bias as a Catholic, but um, I, I, I just think it's very interesting of like the washing away of sins by the people of Hell's Kitchen are able to help Daredevil go from. I murdered a man. I can never be Daredevil again. To I need to be Daredevil again because the people rose up. I, mm. I, it's just very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, he just puts on a mask and Bullseye's walking toward him. Like God, really? Is there no end to these fake Daredevils? And throws a knife at Matt. Matt catches it and says, "No, just Daredevil." Yeah, kind of just yeah. I, so like, good. Oh. And especially because he just has the mask on, I'm hoping he's slowly gonna get more and more of the suit eventually. And like the best part is this arc's only two issues because oh, this yeah, is that's right this is this part is, one yeah inferno one of two kitchen kitchens fall and it's just it's it was insane and it was so cool because they like put little teasers of the fake daredevils before um and i was actually really i was actually kind of bummed when uh the i think hernandez was his name or something when he uh when he died because it was yeah he's been in this book for a while yeah because i think he rescued someone earlier in the book yeah, um, and, and, and Caleb, this proves to my point of what we talked about uh, last time we reviewed Daredevil together was when uh, the girl's husband, the librarian's husband died. I mm-hmm. felt that because I got attached to these characters and throughout 19 mm-hmm. issues, Chip has made me care about side characters that I would n- never care about. So death is actually meaningful in this book. Yeah, exactly. Like the character, um, the fake Daredevil who died, he was, there's his like ailing father that doesn't know what's going on. And he's just like, what's happening? He's just like, oh, it's just construction, dad. And so it's like, oh my god, he just, you know, he put his life out there and his dad will have to deal with the repercussions. And it's, it, it does, he does such a great job of fleshing out these characters that the deaths feel like, I'm, I'm really bummed out by some of the characters that are getting attacked here. And it, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, like, I can't believe how good this book is. Like, I... I, sometimes I think like it's just me when I'm reading this. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm overhyping it. But then like I see like like I read it again. I'm like, no, no, this is great. And like <laughs> to, go, to go from like an eight arc, bu- an eight arc uh, arc, right? Where uh, eight part arc, I should say. You got this. <laughs> yeah, I got this. It's a little tough. It's been a long week. All right, it's Thursday. Um, the eight part arc that we just got off of, which Caleb and I talked about, and I said like eight arc. Eight page arc. Oh my god, English. Eight part <laughs> arcs are so hard to do because, like, in Tom King's Batman, right? When something went eight issues, it felt like it dragged on forever. Oh god, like, nightmares. What, what, <laughs> nightmares. Or well, or even City of Bane. But anyway, like with the Daredevil one, it just felt like every issue was so meaningful to the story. So to go from eight to two like that, and it's it's gonna work. I mean, the first issue was good. Like, I'm just I'm so excited. Yeah, it's we. <laughs> We have no say in where the story's going. It's he's he is taking us. Chip's taking us wherever he wants to, and it's I love it. It's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, I mean this is this is Chip is the guy who said that if he took over as co-publisher of DC, that Hawkman would poop on people like a real hawk, and then he writes this <laughs> like like why I don't I don't get it. He's I think that just shows how creative he is that he could turn that on and off like that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's so weird to think about. He's <laughs> like saying all these <laughs> weird things and emailing it to people, and then he just <laughs> writes about this shopkeeper and shot in the head. It's like, yeah. all right, Wait, did, that, did that catch you by surprise, Hunter? Because you just read that now, right? Like, what what do you think? Well, did did you not just read it now too? Like today? No, no I'm saying from the uh, from issue eighteen, the one that where the husband died. 
Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that definitely caught me by surprise. And even, like, so many innocent people are dying. I know these characters aren't exactly characters. They're in for, like, a page and then they're gone. But, Jesus. <laughs> like, the shopkeeper yeah. in this issue who's, like, trying to get the woman to safety because she's, Bullseye's, like, threatening to kill her her and her baby. And yeah. then he just, he <laughs> shoots that shopkeeper right in the head. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, the, the guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy that said that we should make Superman secret identity Batman, and that Aquaman should call people Landman to see how they react to it, <laughs> is the guy who's writing <laughs> the best ongoing in comics. Like, that's comics for you, Chip. I love you. Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it. I feel like with it, um, it's just he has so much confidence in his writing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah I think that's sure. kind of my biggest issue with King's Batman run is there's a lot of like. Like, there, he plays with us a little. Not in, like, it's like he does things. And it seems like even King, when he will write some stories, like, isn't fully confident and isn't going as far as he can. And, like, Chip just doesn't care. He just does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But, I mean, this issue, like, I'm, I'm so excited to see where the second one goes. Because, like, if that's the setup issue, I can only, you know, I can only imagine what the next one's going to be. Yeah, no mm-hmm. kidding. And we were but, talking uh, before, um, the they show the cover at the end and say next issue. And this one has Matt back to back with Kingpin um, fists up like they're fighting off. And I think what I love too, is like, I don't really feel like Kingpin's a villain in this run. He's just a bad guy. But I'm guy. ready for the inevitable, like Kingpin and Matt have to put a, put aside their dis- differences and work together for the good of hell's kitchen. And then the inevitable Kingpin's return to crime. Like, you're going to hear like the boss type music when he's like, uh, now I am going to take over New York because this is obviously a gang war that's taking out gang by gang. So somebody's got to fill that vacuum. And I think it's going to be Kingpin and I'm so ready for it. And I think yeah. like, like well, it'll be something simple of like him telling Wesley, like I'm ready to return. Well, even then, like he has to fight here. He's mayor of New York city and they're destroying New York city. So mm-hmm. it's understandable why he's going to join the fight here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even like just the pain, on like kingpin's face when wesley tells him like hell's kitchen is systematically destroyed by the storm sir i'm sorry and he just looks he's sad and it's like ah it's just everything about this comic is just so compelling i love it so much yeah yeah so good and uh yeah so then um anyway that brings us to uh batman 90 um so this is, and and I think, you know, I've said this after every Tinian Batman issue, it's serviceable, you know? Like, yeah. this issue was mostly flashback. You know, I, I was kind of just like, okay, I was flipping. I was like, you know, it's all right. Um, Catwoman essentially tells the backstory of uh, a villain that worked with Joker, Penguin, uh, her, and Riddler. And uh, basically, he was just going to be their financial support for all of their biggest plans. But before he could help them, uh, him and Joker get in essentially like a shootout. And uh, Joker is so hard to understand because, you know, it's like, is he being serious or is he just a man who likes to watch things burn? So um, it, it was, you know, it was a pretty interesting issue. I, I love to see Jorge on Batman. That was, it was really nice to see his art in the interiors. Like even him drawing mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm no Harley Quinn fan, but I, I think the way he drew Harley was even really nice. So yeah. and watching seeing the uh, old Catwoman suit was very interesting. I didn't expect that. Jim is fantastic. Like, yeah, he does a, a go. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah, I was just saying Jim does this is fantastic. <laughs> he, he does it. I really love just how goofy the colors look. Like, he draws, fan like, the purple Catwoman costume, the bright green Riddler costume. It looks super, super goofy and over the top, and he does it yeah. so, so well. Yeah, 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 it's viable here. I do like the designer's concept. Like, he was the too. villain that made these guys villains. 
Like, it's kind of taking what was the golden age into the modern age, just like a big leap. Because they mention here, like, oh, the designer, he's a character that had... The Joker was like a prankster. He was robbing banks. He was robbing stores. He was, like, throwing pies and stuff. But after meeting with a designer, Joker began slaughtering families. Like, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like seeing that jump. And it wasn't just, like, slow build-up. It was... There's a reason why Joker stopped robbing banks and started killing people instead. And this is why. So I kind of like that. Yeah, I I think I agree with kind of what JD said of like I feel like most of the issue was serviceable. The only parts I really really liked were pretty much when Joker went in with the designer and it was like Catwoman pretty much saying like we none of us were expecting what was going to happen and all of a sudden, you know, they you know, Cobblepot and Nigma were all super super happy. She was really really happy. She could feel the money and then all of a sudden Joker just comes out, has his gun. He's like, "Whoops, forgot I had this." Yeah. I I really liked how he wrote how Tinian wrote Joker this issue. Yeah. Yeah, especially with I feel like Joker being fairly disappointing recently by Snyder and you know like th- this wasn't this was a nice change and Tomasi and you know this was a nice change of pace for Joker where it felt like Joker again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Finally. So <laughs> my only I really it my biggest kind of complaint was the at the end of it is <laughs> Bruce talking to Selena and she's like Bruce, you don't get it. I was going to commit this super big crime. And then he's like, I already know what the crime is. You were going to rob my family and take everything. And it's like, really? Is that really where I like (laughs) of all of the possible things in the world, the biggest crime she could commit was just take money from Bruce Wayne. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Bruce isn't even the richest in (laughs) in the DC universe. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that, that was, that was Batman pretty much. Like that was pretty much, all that my thoughts were on that like it's it's serviceable you know um i i just feel like tinian's run like ha- is a ticking time bomb like that it's ending soon so i'm kind of mm-hmm. just like you know it's good for what it is yeah um caleb you said you really like justice league this week i'd love to hear more about that yeah what uh what drew you to what drew you to justice league this week i think venditti is the best current barry allen writer i think Nani? yeah i think <laughs> i think like Everything about his Barry Allen feels like 2000s Barry Allen, you know? It it's like he's stoic, um he pretty much good essen- moments here. Yeah, like um essentially in the issue Eradicators taking over Earth, all the Daxamites are there, um and they have a plan to where they can hopefully try and stop them. And the Speed Force is still all messed up and it, the plan the linchpin of the plan is essentially Barry and John um ends up saying like uh to barry can you get control of the speed force long enough to pull this off and then it's just a panel barry just standing there looking down and then he goes i'll cross the line what's one more sprint around the world that that like, that, that was the most barry on the line i will definitely <laughs> agree there yeah it's, it's, it's like about it for a second yeah yeah that, that is and, good. and then I, when he oh yeah go no, I was, I was going to say, you know what's funny? Venditti wrote Flash, and it's like a very mediocre Flash run. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, when he starts running, it was so, so cool of uh, Barry runs up and starts taunting him and pretty much says, you know, there's one Earthling you forgot about. I'm able. He's like, I can run through time and stop this invasion from ever happening. And so all the Daxamites look at him and. Uh, Barry looks at the Eradicator and he's like, I don't care if the Speed Force is killing me. I'm done holding back. And then he sprints and everybody's chasing him. And he is just running so, so fast. He gets shot down. He ends up getting back up and Eradicator tells him to concede and he says, not today. And he's running. 
He's running through France. He's in like Arizona. And then essentially he runs so, so fast. There's a great little page of Barry. His like teeth, he's gritting his teeth. There's so much like electricity. And he falls out of when he was running and the Daxmates are like, look, we have you. And it's like, no, I ran us through a portal so fast onto another world. And now the big threat on earth is no longer there. And it just, to me, it just feels like a really, really cool Justice League story. You know, mm-hmm. it all of all of kind of the different questions of like, well, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that seem to really be answered with how Venditti's doing it. Like, it, there's no selfish Batman doing things by himself or like all those type of things. A lot of the characters are trying to do the, be- the best they c- the best they can, and I think Barry really shined this issue. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, a good point. I, Barry was the highlight of this issue. This arc in general, I find. Because even last <laughs> issue, he had some good moments. Superman, on the other I, hand, has been kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and But, like, um, I think I ended up talking about it. I don't think you were here, Hunter, but when I did talk about it with JD, um, the first issue that Venditti was on, he was kind of establishing a lot of the arcs for the characters, where Batman, um, there's a little thing of him imagining Alfred was there, like, kind of reminiscing superman telling john stewart he wants people to see him as human not kryptonian um and barry's little struggle with the speed force and this was kind of the culmination of barry's little arc and so i'm excited because now we know okay the next thing will happen arc or bruce struggle or those type of things and it just the characters feel so much more believable and especially mm-hmm. after kind of what was happening before where it was too too over the top in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah especially near the end i think snyder's run was best near the beginning Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, well, the, the the big disagreements of us and Caleb is that we liked Snyder's run, he didn't, which was fair because he always had good reasoning. And then at the end, we didn't like Snyder's run so much, so we kind of understood a lot more of his viewpoints. So uh, Venditti was definitely like a breath of fresh air for, I think, a lot of Justice League fans. Mm-hmm. And each character, like, I think especially it feels like late 90s. 2000s Justice League. Oh, it totally know? does, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love the most because, in my opinion, I'm not... That- jeff john's run um and it, it just it's nice to feel like we have kind of the justice league back in my opinion <laughs> yeah well the you know it's funny the art in this in today's issue i don't even know who did the art but it reminded me of uh almost like justice league of america 2006 the brad Meltzer mm-hmm. run like that that's what it felt like it was out of mm-hmm. yeah it's just every and i know i'm excited because aquaman's gonna come to the series too and just oh, thank god finally <laughs> <laughs> like everything about i've just it's it's not and it's not doing anything to like further the medium but in terms of being a justice league book it's kind of the perfect justice league book in my opinion oh yeah yeah, yeah and well and i think the big thing about the justice league is you can't tell that over the top story that many times <laughs> in a row because it's just like you know you know there there can't be that many world shattering threats or else they're not really world shattering threats so, yeah. uh, so sometimes you need that serviceable, you know, eradicator Justice League story. I, mm-hmm. I, I always think like, you know, I, I try to put myself in the shoes of comic book writers. Like if I was writing Flash, what would I do? If I was writing Nightwing, what would I do? And the one that I struggle in my head with the most is what would I do with a Justice League book? Because I, I truly think I would struggle on that book. Like I, I wouldn't know mm-hmm. what to write. Like, you know, who's a good enough villain for them? Yeah, yeah that's my. There's not many villains that are just Justice League villains. So, yeah. yeah, I understand that's a little bit of a struggle. i love to see a, a Black Adam versus a Justice League or a Black Manta versus a Justice League. Or, but, I mean, Eradicator does work. He's a Superman villain, but he works as a League villain, too, especially with Daxonites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially because it, like, it, 
I think Vendetti knows what, like, he knows we don't care. There's no motives, there's no anything. The villains are just, there's an invasion, and now we have to see with how the characters deal with the invasion. And I think my kind of Justice League hot take is that we really shouldn't have an ongoing Justice League series. Um, I kind of agree with that. That Yeah, (laughs) especially with, especially with, like, events, too. It doesn't make sense, because it's like, if every, like, Ah, it just it hurts my head when I think about it. But I yeah. no, no, I actually kind of agree with that. I, I think that's a good point. That that's actually that that brings up an interesting debate. But I kind of agree with that. And that that's also in the sense of like up the same alley of like why are there eight different Batman books? Mm-hmm. Like yes, it's profitable, but like shouldn't there be like a single line Batman story where it's like this is what he's doing continuity wise, and mm-hmm. you know it makes sense of like Batman's not. Has, you know, Batman's not struggling with his with his uh, losing Selina, but also fighting the Joker in Funland, and you know, and also being a father <laughs> to a starfish from space, and all you know, like it's just it's a big like character shift if you got eight different writers writing him. So yeah, I I kind of like that whole idea of like Justice League. If it was only like one maxi mm-hmm. or one mini series, like every two years or something like that, like that made it like really special, like it's such a big event that the justice league has to come around, you know, mm-hmm. obviously profitable wise, it wouldn't make sense. You know, you got to yeah. make your profit, but and that's an interesting point. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, DC will never do it, but yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. justice league sells. So that it does. Yeah. Interesting. Should we do some um, villains it, or, well, you know, I was going to ask, is there anything you want to mention about it? Cause I, there's nothing about that issue that makes me go, you know what? I really had this interesting thought, you know, like, Superman villains was just like okay. It Uncle was happened. cool. The only <laughs> the only thing um, from Superman villains I thought was really really good. And it wouldn't surprise me if this was written by Fraction. Um, but essentially, Lex Luthor is in his uh, office and he asks yeah, Bogus like what his man. messages are, and his little AI says, "You have 98 voicemails, Mister Luthor." And he's like, "90," and he's like, first message." And then it's just laughing, and it's green laughing, so it's the Joker. And then yeah. Luther looks surprised and he goes, okay, next message. Second message, more laughing. Next message, it's just, it's 98 messages of Joker just laughing. Yeah, that, I, that's, that's good. I thought that, that was actually That sounds like a story, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Luther's throwing things. He's picking up his computer. And he's just everywhere. He's just so angry. And then someone says, Mr. Luther, is everything all right? And he's destroyed. And he's just like, I'm fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> But other than that, yeah, Superman villains is kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, like like in that whole scene, like I could picture like the two DCAU voice actors, uh, mm-hmm. Cl- Clancy Brown and Mark Hamill. Like I could just hear their voices for that scene. I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty. <laughs> That'd great. be good. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Superman, Superman villains was like okay. It was it, it existed. You know, yeah, Superman heroes and villains. It definitely yeah. happened. <laughs> Like, like, I feel like you could have taken the main plots of those and just put them in the regular Superman book. Like, I know these would probably mm-hmm. sell decently well, and they were, you know, more expensive. So, you know, maybe it made sense to them. But I don't know. To me, like, take the best of what – take the Superman and his teacher story and take the Lex and Joker story and just put it in the regular Superman book. Like, you know. Even Mom and Pa Kent were in this issue, which was like, huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, con- the continuity is so confusing of what is what is canon, what's not with Doomsday Clock of like, is it a year in the future or is it caught up? Well, yeah, like, I'm happy- Doomsday Clock said there's a newspaper in that, in I think issue 8, it says June 2020. So it's kind of in the future, but now Mom and Pa Kent are back, so... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy. 
I'm happy at least now Ma and, Ka- Ma and Pa Kent are back for sure. Because it's like, like that's kind of my, okay, cool, whatever, Doomsday Clock brought stuff back. But unless it starts appearing in the main books, they're not back. You know? Yeah, like, Jake Eric isn't back. Point. And now, like, yeah, <laughs> Jake Eric's finally returned this week. And yeah. now Ma and Pa Kent. And Ben is first time writing Ma and Pa Kent. And the first thing he does is like, let's have him make out. <laughs> Thanks, Bendis. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're yeah, back, I mean, so we'll get we'll get some stories with them soon. But yeah, just, that's that's the comics. Yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much all I have. I mean, that was you know, Flash seven fifty was you know a thing that happened. I really wish I could say I loved it because I really wanted to. It was you know, a I'm, great. I'm a big annual. Flash fan, and you know, I, yeah, it, it was a glorified annual and. You know, it, it would have been great if it was special and had those, you know, special stories. And if I could have seen my boy Wade return to Flash, that would have been great. But, you know, it's whatever. I guess I'll have to wait till issue 1000. I'll have to wait another 30 years. Yeah, we'll yeah, probably do one for 800. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well knowing, knowing DC, that's how they win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. That if you told me a year ago a book that had, like, Wolfman and Jeff Johns on it, for like the Flash 750, and my favorite stories would have been two written by Williamson. I called you a liar. <laughs> yeah, you've been like, no way. Yeah, and you exactly. prefer an yeah, Adam honestly. Strange story over that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm. If Flash 750 did anything, it got me ex- very excited for Flash Age. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it did set up the future of the Flash in 2020 very well. I'm yeah, looking so forward espe- to especially Flash. after the. Paradox Origin issue was kind of mediocre. This did yeah. a better job of like, all right, let's you know, let's get to it. And I'm hoping Flash Age delivers because, you know, it's since fifty, it's technically been building. So you know, mm-hmm. it's it's time to finally see it. And you know, like Godspeed even brought up today, like, aren't I supposed to be the bad boy of the Flash family? So it's like, okay, you do think you're the outlaw of the Flash family? That's, that's <laughs> cool. You know, maybe we can make this Meet Red thing. Hood, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put him on the outlaws. Oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that, I mean that, that's pretty much all I got to say about the comics this week. Me too. Um, this is a really long episode, but it really went quick. Like I just looked down, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're at an hour and a half. That's nuts. That'll be fun." Oh wow, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, maybe drop us a five star review or whatever you feel we're worth on iTunes, or follow and subscribe uh, wherever you listen. Um, and if you're on Instagram, which you probably are because you're listening to this podcast, follow Comic Savior Caleb because uh, yeah. he gracious came on the show again and he's great yeah, yeah thank sure. you guys for having me <laughs> you'll be back yeah, I'm sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have you know we, we talk somewhat so regularly in the chat that i think we just have good chemistry of like talking so uh you know um you know actually doing an episode now is is really cool and i, I actually like you know the, the three person combo here is nice to yeah, talk it, about uh the comics yeah if you guys kind of like us pulling a Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey on the show. Just let us know. And we'll- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, right after he posted it, too. Oh, I did not think of that. I mean, if you guys like that, then let us know. We'll be back more regularly. That's been a year of that image out of my head. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, leave, leave a five-star review if you like it, and thanks for being a hero. <laughs> And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.